0: This is All In. I'm Taylor Bennett. Today we're talking about the COVID 19 pandemic's effect on employment opportunities for students who graduated during the pandemic. If you have questions or comments on our show today, you can let us know on Facebook or Twitter at All In Indiana. You can also leave us a voicemail. Call us at 866-476-3881. Just give your name, where you're calling from, and a quick question or comment, and we'll do our best to get it onto the conversation. Again, that number is 866-476-3881. You can also send us high-quality voice messages with our smartphone app. It's called All In Vox Pop. It's free and easy to use. You just search for All In Vox Pop on your phone's app store. Well, today, we're joined now by two recent graduates of IUPY. Jason Smith graduated from IUPY in the fall of 2019 and is now working as a quality engineer for Crestron Electronics. Welcome, Jason.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Absolutely. And we also have Jared Rosies, a spring 2020 graduate from IUPY, currently working as a lease analyst for Simon Property Group. Thanks, Jared, for also being here. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Jason, I will start with you. I, what were you studying at IUPUI?
3: Um, I was getting my Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering.
0: All right, so you graduated before the pandemic. Did you have any jobs lined up after graduation?
3: I was still considering my options at graduation, but I ended up getting a position that started in mid to early February. Okay. Right before everything started to happen.
0: Yeah. What was it like working that first month during the start of the pandemic?
3: Um, it was definitely tough because a lot of the positions in my field, and I'm sure several others, for the first two to six months, you're kind of just doing training or small projects. So working from home makes that a lot harder. And it was definitely noticeable. I felt like I was getting a lot less working from home going from the office. So it was definitely different and not what I expected.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, you have these expectations right after graduation. You you go through the process of applying for the job, the job interviews. You get on the job, and and, and not to have anything like what you expected. Like like you said, it was it was remote. So I'm sure it was completely from from what you thought.
3: Yeah, and because it's training, you're really relying on other people, and they may not respond immediately. So. It kind of just slows everything down.
0: Jarrett, what about you? What were you studying?
2: Um, I have a degree in finance and international studies.
0: Mm-hmm. And what does that exactly mean? What what was your focus when you you studied that? What were you hoping to to get lined up?
2: Um, well, I was throwing around a couple options, including continuing my education, but. I planned on studying abroad. So, my initial plan wasn't to graduate in the spring. It was to graduate in August and go through an exchange program in Japan. Um, But that got canceled late. And I was hoping to segue that into um, a career in international finance. But uh, currently, taking a different route.
0: Yeah. What did it feel like to you? I mean, you had, like you said, you planned to study abroad, and then that got canceled right before graduation.
2: Yeah, it kind of all happens uh, really quickly. I'm not sure even now I've had an opportunity to truly reflect at everything that happened, but I went from getting ready to pack my bags and hop on a plane to going to job hunting mode almost immediately. And that transition happened pretty quickly. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare.
0: So what was it like going out and searching for jobs during everything that was going on at that time?
2: I had some initial progress making it to uh, second rounds of interviews, but um, right when I hit that second round, the whole economy pretty much shut down. So um, all that progress pretty much stopped, and I went out and got a, a job at an essential business to help pay the bills. Mm-hmm.
0: What was the, the interviewing process like? Was, were the interviewing processes, were those done virtually as well?
2: yeah all virtual um video interviews really, which is something that I was prepared for in school, so it wasn't a complete surprise, but it was still tough nonetheless.
0: yeah, you said you went a different route. I mean what what did you do to decide maybe you went was it just what take what you can get?
2: uh kind of um, the position I'm in now with Simon Property Group is definitely something that I'm enjoying doing, and it was definitely something that I was considering even before everything that happened. But I do feel very lucky to be employed at this point.
0: Yeah. before you, you went out and you, you searched for your jobs, did you have any expectations, like any salary expectations? Um, were you worried that maybe, you know, you were going to be competing with so many others also who were in the same boat that were also looking for these jobs?
2: Definitely. I definitely adjusted my expectations salary-wise down slightly. Um, but one of the biggest obstacles during the time I was applying for places was just the quality of other applicants that were in the job market at the time, Um, people that have a lot more experience than I would just coming out of college,
3: and um, it was really tough to compete with that.
0: Jason, how long was it before you got the job that you currently have?
3: Um, I believe it was about five months of job hunting.
0: What did you do in in that time when you were looking for a job?
3: Um, I tried to set goals so I would have a consistent schedule, being awake at 9 in the morning to be available for any interviews, apply to three to four places a day if I could, do some research. Um, Overall, there weren't really – it started off really slow the first couple of months, even hearing back from anybody. I was lucky enough to be able to live with family, so I wasn't in any uh, horrible financial situation. But it was definitely really – flow, and it just felt like a summer vacation back in grade school. Mm -hmm. Not what I was expecting at the
0: time. I mean, five months, I mean, that is a relatively short amount of time, but were you at all worried that you weren't going to find anything?
3: Towards the end of it, I definitely opened my options a lot more. Uh, Within engineering, there's different fields, such as like manufacturing design quality, I definitely started to branch out more into one where it wasn't my ideal goal, but I think the experience would be helpful and useful going forward. So I definitely had to settle on a lot of what I actually wanted from a career.
0: Do you think that you'll go maybe into eventually what you wanted to do? Do you think there'll come a point in time where that'll be a, a possibility? Are you still holding out hope?
3: Um, I think so. Uh, where I'm at now, it's not – I don't say I dislike it. It's just not my end goal. But I think I'm on the way to where if, it, if a position's open, I'm in a good spot to take it.
0: How did you end up with the job that you have now?
3: Um, honestly, just really lucky. And I found a good company on LinkedIn. I, apply, I applied to them. And I've gotten a lot better at interviews over the past couple of months, having so many. And I think that helped a lot, too because I seem to really be able to connect with my now boss. And I think making a good impression helps.
0: Right. And sometimes it is just a matter of of timing and who you know as well. Mm -hmm. Jarrett, what was the situation like for you? I guess when you look at things financially after graduating, were you in a lot of debt?
2: I was lucky enough to not have a lot of debt. Um, to really impact my financial situation my I guess funds were running a little low because all the money that I'd saved up from working during the last summer at an internship and part time throughout school was kind of getting a little low so there at the end um, I definitely knew I had to do something in the meantime until I found something that I went to school for to uh, help pay the bills
0: and we all have I guess maybe expectations of of what we would we'd like when we we apply for a job, and you were talking about a little bit about your process. did you have any different expectations as far as when you know you you took your job whether or not you were going to stay there um, maybe hopefully maybe find something else later on once things settle down a little bit
2: um so like I like I said before, Simon is somewhere that I was looking at even before everything that happened. So I am really glad that it still worked out. Um, I plan on being in my current position for uh, at least the foreseeable future as I'm enjoying it, and I think there's a lot that I can gain from it. So I still think career-wise, I'm in a really good position.
0: That's good. Well, what advice would you, you give to someone who is graduating this year? Would, do you think that, uh, you know, going through – those connections and uh, just being persistent?
2: Yeah, as cliche as it sounds, the reason I'm in my current position is networking. Um, Hopefully people that are graduating this year have laid the groundwork before and done their due diligence on that, but I don't think that I would have the position that I have now if I didn't make it a point to network with the recruiter that ended up leading me to this current job, him knowing my face, my name, and what I was looking for. So as cliche as it sounds, I think that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. What is the groundwork that you can do before?
2: Um, I made it a point to go up and speak to him at every single career fair that IUPUI hosted, even down in Bloomington. I went to a few down there at uh, IU Bloomington. So I would say making sure people get that face, face time, which might be tough now, but really putting in the effort will pay off.
0: Yeah. Now, what about you? What do you What do you uh, have as far as tips are concerned for anyone out there that's going to be graduating this year?
3: Um, I think the biggest thing for me would just be to apply to as many places as you can, and practice interviewing and networking, and talk to as many people as you can. Because even if you don't get one position, I've had several follow up interviews. Um, because they know of somebody else who's looking to hire somebody. So I think, like Jarrett has said, networking is really important. And being able to talk yourself up and be confident in your abilities helps a lot, too.
0: Are you both working remotely still most of the time? Are you working, Jason, as far as remotely? Or are you going in person at a whole, any of those meetings?
3: Um, I am largely in person. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of the office that I work at is not. So it's not very busy, but I do work on the manufacturing floor a lot. So I a lot of my job relies on being in person.
0: All right. What about you, Jared? Same thing?
3: Um, I started in
2: person to make training go a little easier uh, due to a COVID scare. I have been working at home since November. So I plan on staying at home for uh, the foreseeable future.
0: All right. Well, we're going to take a little break, but I want to thank you both, Jason Smith and Jarrett Rosie, for being with us today. We appreciate it, and congratulations on finding employment. This is All In. I'm Taylor Bennett. And today we're talking about the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on the job market and how it's created some challenges for recent college graduates. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on this topic. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at All In Indiana. Or you can leave us a voicemail, including your first name and where you're calling from. And that number is... One eight six six four seven six three eight eight one. 476 3881 You can also send us a voice message through our free smartphone app. It's called All In Box Pop. You just search for All In Box Pop on your phone's app store, send us your question or comment, and we will try to get it onto the show. All right, now we're joined by three guests. Kyle Anderson is a clinical assistant professor of business economics at the Kelly School of Business at IUPUI. Hi, Kyle.
4: Hello, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We also have Rebecca Cook, the Executive Director of Undergraduate Career Services at the Kelly School of Business at IU. Hi, Rebecca. Rebecca, are you there? Well, we have Phil Powell as well, hopefully the Associate Dean of Academic Programs at the IU Kelly School of Business at IUPUI. Are you there, Phil? Yes. All thanks right. For
5: hosting.
0: <laughs> to well, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Kyle, I wanted to uh, ask you, uh, when we were looking at the job market, um, what did it look like during the start, right at the start of the pandemic?
4: Well, I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty then in a lot of our economic activities. So, you know, it, it's natural that the first thing businesses are going to do is pull back on hiring. So the job market for the, you know, for the first six months of 2020, or I guess the the second three, that, that kind of spring time was not very good, we, you know, and, and it makes sense. Businesses aren't going to go out and hire new people just because logistically it's hard to do interviews and all those sorts of things and, and onboard new people at that time.
0: Right. I mean, so many people, I think, lost jobs um, pretty much at the start because a lot of businesses had to close. And so they were also out of work. So you had those coming into the job market and then those that were in the job market but no longer
4: well, and also, we just didn't want people leaving their houses for a long time. Right. So, I mean, that, that's a challenge, right? I mean, you, you just, we wanted people to stay home. And there are a whole lot of jobs out there that are difficult to do
0: remotely. So, Kyle, can you talk a little bit about how the 2020 recession compares to the recession of 2008, which I remember uh, very clearly as well?
4: Well, I remember it quite mm-hmm. clearly as well. And I was actually looking for a job at that time. So I've kind of experienced what it's like to be on the job market in a, in a bad economy. And so but this is very kind of different in the way of the causes, right? This was a, a very severe recession, really just being driven by the fact that we were largely forced to stay home and some businesses had to close down, all those sorts of things that made it very different by its nature than two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, which was, you know, caused by a, a number of things, but you know, most notably a, a banking crisis and a housing crisis, and, and those factors that 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 made it, in some ways, a longer lasting and, and more problematic. Whereas this one was had a, a more direct cause with it.
0: Where do you think we're at right now with that? Do you consider us still in a recession? Uh, yes,
4: it, and. Recessions are are weird to define, but a recession is generally a reduction in output. And and we're certainly not back to the economic activity level we were a year ago or or 18 months ago. Right. And so some industries have come back Um, in Indiana. You know, manufacturing is doing pretty well. Other industries are, are doing pretty well. But we know that, that some sectors of the economy have been hit very hard. So so we are at a, a state of low economic activity right now.
0: Phil, what do you think? Uh, has the job market changed since the start of the pandemic?
5: Well, it depends on perspective. I think that at the uni- for university graduates, what we're experiencing at the Kelly School right now on both campuses, still a very high level of interest in hiring. To Kyle's point, I think it's just taking longer to pull the trigger and perhaps make that decision to hire. We expect uh, good placement uh, this year. We had good placement um, back in May in the, even you know when we were in the midst of COVID after the initial lockdown. I think that uh, the only impact on these this year's graduates, at least from, from the business perspective, is gonna be it's gonna take a little longer to get that job you're going to have to work a little harder to get those interviews. But we have to remember that, um, and, and you know, if, if you listen to the news, the news right before the show here, it talked about how we will quickly return to the level of economic activity that we had. Um, especially in Indiana, we have a structural deficit in talent, in, te- in technically trained talent, whether that's engineers, technology, and even business talent. So while this class will probably take a little bit longer to find a job, um, we're going to return pretty quickly to a pretty robust talent market for those that have the skills that were in high demand before the recession.
0: Well, what kind of skills do you think uh, are going to be in high demand?
5: Well, again, we go back to folks that are technically trained. Um, can you make, can you, can you work with technology? Can you work with complex problems? Can you, can you work with, uh, critical thinking skills? Can you be a self-initiator? These are the skills that are in very high demand. And this is why we see uh, a tale of sort of two types of college graduates. You have college graduates that have those types of skills, and they're in very high demand even during a recession. And then you have other types of college graduates that don't get those types of skills in their education, and they're they're still going to have a tough time.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's, they're going to be competing as well? I mean, I asked you know, our graduates earlier about competing with those that are out of a job. Is that competition still going to be there for, for them, do you think? I don't
5: think that competition will be as intense as what we saw after the last recession of 2008, 2009, because that was a very slow recovery. But yes, uh, this intense competition will be reflected in the fact that it will take longer to find that job. However, I think that um, there still be strong enough demand be- to, to get to ultimately get that job. Whereas a graduate two years ago may have found her job within you know, a, a month or two of graduation and probably gotten four or five offers, it might take three months after graduation and you might only get half the offers you would have gotten. But you'll still find a position.
0: Yeah.
5: Again, this goes back to the fact that especially in central Indiana, as in other parts of the country, there's a very huge shortage of skilled talent.
0: Rebecca, are you back with us? No, Rebecca. Okay. Well, let me ask as far as, um, I guess, Phil, again, with you, you, do you think that schools have done enough to prepare students? You were talking about, you know, those that are in the tech industry should do well, should find something. But do you think for the other students, are they preparing them well enough for what they're going to experience when they get out there?
5: That's a great question. You know, at the Kelly School of Business, we have always invested heavily in our career services uh department uh teams, and it's translated into into placement rates in the high 90s of percentage, high 90s even during a recession, even during the last covid this this current covid situation. However, when you when you, you know, higher education is really under the the lens right now, and one of the biggest criticisms is that in higher education, we do not invest enough in helping students find those jobs and we do not invest enough in making sure that those students have work ready skills so um i think that the th- this this you know what what is higher ed going to learn from COVID 19 and uh, that we're going to need to invest more in that because uh, our communities demand it even more than they did before um and it, it, it makes sense that we're ultimately going to serve the student, that we're going to help them get to a career that's both financially and emotionally rewarding, and also make sure that we're delivering the talent that our regional economies need.
0: Right. You know, it was challenging. I mean, it's challenging in any case before COVID to get out there and find a, a good job for, you know, if you're a college grad. But especially, you know, with everything that happened, a lot of them, a lot of the students weren't on campus. And so you were talking about being prepared. Did a lot of them miss out because it all turned remotely and there wasn't a lot of that connection?
5: You know, again, there's a lot of students coming out of college. This is writ large. Um, that don't know how to search for a job, that don't know how to pivot and think about their career. And so when you lay on top of that, a pandemic, a new modality of interview and of working, and a recession, then yes, that, that underinvestment in career services that we've seen in higher education has caused an even bigger problem for those graduates that were not lucky enough to come from a school or a university that had made those types of investments. Rebecca? And that, and that, and that contributes to no, taking longer to find a job.
0: Yeah. Well, I would imagine it would take a little bit longer. I wanted to check back to see if Rebecca was back with us, because I, I miss Rebecca.
1: <laughs> I am. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can, yeah. I was Yay. like, where is Rebecca?
0: Um, oh. Yeah. We uh, So... I want to ask you, uh, what work does the uh, Undergraduate Career Services Kelly School of Business do for its students there?
1: So we were talking about sure, students we, and how
0: they get prepared.
1: Right, right. And actually, I've been listening the entire time. You just couldn't hear me. <laughs> um, but uh, so at Kelly, we start out um, specifically now at Kelly Bloomington. Our students actually have nine credits of required career courses that they have to take during their four years of undergraduate experience. So this really starts out as a freshman or first-year student, um, with more about personal branding and starting to think about who they are and what they want to be, and then building into networking and creating a LinkedIn profile and resume, um, and then also beginning to look at those different jobs and test those, and we do mock interviews with both employers and students and um, career advisors. And then um, finally, in that third t- section of this, it's really about teamwork and how they can become a leader. So that's that's a piece of it. But then within our office, we, all, we spend a ton of time training students on, really, it's the networking, as we heard from Jarrett and Jason earlier. Um, it's the beginning to, how do you begin to look for that job? How do you figure out what you want to do? What are your skills that are transferable into all sorts of different areas? And we hear a lot about students wanting to get that, you know, that dream job right away. But sometimes it's maybe it's because of a pandemic or maybe it's because of just the career they want to go into. Maybe there's a first step or even a second step that they have to take beforehand. So it's a real focus on what are the skills they need to have before they can be to get to that goal in the end. Um, So as we heard, I think from actually both Jarrett and Jason talking about, okay, I'm building skill sets where I am today. And then hopefully I can get to whatever I really wanted to do next. Right that prep is very important to figure
0: out before you you go out there. So then did the work that you do there did that change I would imagine when covid happened and you did you have to change the oh, way yeah. that you <laughs> obviously have to you know tell students how to get out there in even more complicated workforce.
1: Definitely. It's um well obviously we all went online <laughs> like mm-hmm. everyone else. But um interesting like you know, and actually, I, I can't remember if it was Jared or Jason who said it before, but they had been trained on virtual interviewing, and that actually has been a trend for a while. So prior to pandemic, um, so we have actually been training our students on how to use virtual interviewing, how do, and how do you how do you get ready for that? Because it's a different environment, speaking to a computer or on a phone versus an in like real person. Um, so we have different tools that we use to work with students on that. But getting that ready. But honestly, a lot of the other career advising that we do just flipped into a virtual world. It's, um, it's very easy to have meetings with students online and we do it all the time. Um, we kind of created a virtual walk in area in our office so people can drop in whenever they want to to ask questions. Um, also, talking to employers, it's it, everybody's kind of in the same boat. So employers are really wanting to meet with students at this point in time and connect with students, and and make because they're looking to hire. So they want to make sure that they're building those connections. And then the flip of that is the students really want to connect with employers. So employers are actually creating lots of new ways to connect with students today. Uh, now, granted, it's still all virtual, so Zoom or Google Meets or whoever, but, um, but there are a ton of opportunities for students to connect with different employers.
0: Well, what are some of the employers doing that you mentioned that are, are trying to, to get those hires in that are, that's different besides just being virtual?
1: Well, they're trying to figure out how to sell a brand and how to showcase a culture, and, it's it you know, historically, if you met a, an employer at, let's say, a career fair or different networking within your university, you begin to understand who this person is and what type of person works there. They off, employers would often come in and do information sessions where they'd bring in several different uh, people from their company. So you begin to get a feel of what that company is like. Companies also used to host maybe shadow days or office visits with different, for different clubs and things. And those obviously can't happen right now. So companies are trying to figure out how can they showcase their culture. And some things we've been we've been having them do is they've been taking over our Instagram. So daily or a couple of days of Instagram takeovers by different employers. So allowing students to see from a one-person standpoint or a couple people standpoint what's happening in their work environment. Um, some companies have been doing virtual tours of their offices. We've also been offering something called e and it's employer presentations on demand, where companies have the free reign to create a video, a shorter video, on what their culture is like, what their business is like. to so again, try to showcase to students what this company is or how we work or the type of people who fit in here, as opposed to just a name.
0: Right. It's just
1: all so different, you know,
0: the way mm-hmm. everything is done now virtually and, and things that, you know, we didn't do before. And now we're looking at it in a
1: whole new way. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think going forward, it's going to probably be a hybrid of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I think, I don't think a lot of, I, I don't think all companies will come back to in person interviewing, for example. I think you will see a lot more, at least first round interviews, happening virtually. Um, yeah. And companies are just trying to come up with other creative ways to, to help showcase themselves. So I think you'll probably see more videos or maybe some. Um, virtual, more virtual events, or maybe it's, um, I don't, you know, I don't know, it'll be interesting, but I don't think it'll go back fully to what we used to know.
0: Yeah, you know, I I could use a few tips on holding some of these virtual, (laughs) these meetings, and you get on there, and, you know, it always seems like there's something that you have to, to learn when you get on to a virtual meeting, and, you know, like wear clothes, right, or
1: Brush your hair. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, how to it work with technical issues like I had technical <laughs> so,
0: issues, right? Or the dog is barking, yeah. you know, or the yeah. cat is in the way yeah. or it's just it's completely different. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. I definitely have more questions for all of you uh, when we come back after a a break. Uh, Again, thank you for being here. We're talking about the effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on the job market for recent college graduates. If you have questions or comments for our guests today, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at All In Indiana. You can also leave us a voicemail. You can call 866-476-3881. And that number is 866-476-3881. You can also, don't forget, you can send us a voice message without making a call. You can use our smartphone phone app. It's called All In Box Pop. It's free, easy to use. You just search for All In Box Pop on your phone's app. I'm Taylor Bennett. We'll be right back. This is All In. This is All In. I'm Taylor Bennett. Back now to our discussion on the COVID-19 pandemic's effect on the job market and opportunities for college graduates. And as always, we love to hear your questions and comments. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at All in Indiana. Or leave us a short voicemail with your first name and where you're calling from. That number, 866-476-3881. Uh, Kyle, I wanted to ask you when we were looking at the the job market and just how everything has been impacted, what industries are still getting hit by the pandemic right now?
4: So, it, you know, there's some that we think about just straight up as, you know, hospitality, travel, leisure, um, obviously restaurants are struggling very much. So a, a lot of and it tends to be smaller businesses are disproportionately impacted by COVID. And that's just not having the, the, the scale and the connections and, and, and being able to do as well. So those are the ones that are being hit that we're seeing being hit the hardest.
0: Well, what about the ones that are doing particularly well right now?
4: Yeah, I mentioned before, you know, manufacturing, uh, transportation, logistics. You know, Indiana is actually doing pretty well relative to its neighboring states in terms of the economy, in terms of unemployment rate and, and economic growth because we have figured out how to do manufacturing in a COVID environment. All of the distribution, you know, everything that we order from Amazon, like so much of that is coming through Indiana. And those are creating jobs, and, and those jobs are, are going on, uh, pandemic or not. So, so even though, you know, there's some gloom and doom, Indiana is actually doing pretty well.
0: Do you predict, predict that that will be a trend that will continue?
4: I mean, certainly in the short term, right? Mm-hmm. We're, uh, you know, we are a manufacturing distribution state. I mean, we've got a lot of great industries. We we do a lot, but those are the ones that that disproportionately we rely on, and and things are pretty good in those sectors.
0: What as far as I mean, are these going to be entry level type jobs? I mean, as far as those industries, the high tech, will those still be entry level, or they will be a little more well, higher paying?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's some of both, right? Like there's um, some of the entry level jobs in logistics and supply chain management are still good paying jobs um, that, that are really good for a college graduate. And and we're seeing some Kelly grads getting, going into those fields and, and doing quite well. Although I will say that they're likely not doing as well as they would have been otherwise. If we weren't in a recession, we weren't in a pandemic because Evidence shows that, that wages go down pretty much across the board.
0: Yeah. Rebecca, do you think that career service centers at colleges and universities get enough funding for what they do?
1: No, <laughs> I don't. Um, I think at Kelly, we're lucky in terms of our deans have bought into our, the system and have spent a lot of money on it. But overall, I don't think that universities recognize The value of career services, and that it really should be part of the curriculum versus kind of an add-on or or just kind of there.
0: Yeah, what what could the centers do, or is it up to the centers to get more funding?
1: Um, I mean, you know, I think a lot of it is really beginning to or trying to showcase the value, and really, I mean, I think as a state, we could start out next year. I think they they are looking at this of of how important career services is because remember, we're not just training people for the first job out of college; we're training them for the rest of their life. And these are skill sets that they'll be using forever. Um, So I think showing the value, really, really, honestly, requiring students to use the services, which I don't think in most cases it is, um, because a lot of students don't realize or recognize the value that a career services coach can help with at this point. They think, oh, you know, I can deal with that. I can I can apply to jobs on my own. So um, so I think requiring certain classes, requiring The ability requiring the fact to talk to a coach, to learn how to network, to practice interviewing, all of those skill sets are going to be extremely valuable to someone for a long time.
0: What's been some of the feedback that you get from your students that that take advantage of, of what you guys do? Has it been helpful? It's, it's
1: glowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's glowingly positive. <laughs> yeah. um, it, I think, you know, and I mentioned the other the courses that we ha- require students to take earlier. I'd say probably as a first year student, they may not recognize why it's valuable. But later on, as they kind of work through the process, and especially as become upperclassmen, is really understanding, okay, am I heading in the right field for what I, what I like? Or what if I just planned three years of my life going to finance and all of a sudden I realize I don't like it? Um, how do I change? And so really helping students understand the different options that are out there for them, whether that's in a specific field or whether that's a completely different field than what they originally focused on. But, but again, I think as they network, as they go through interviews, as they go through jobs, they begin to understand the value. And to be honest, a lot of that value will be recognized after they graduate yeah. because then they say, oh, what, what you taught me actually had a purpose.
0: <laughs> and, and it's a little bit different this time around, right, for a recent like for last year and this year, it's going to be different in how they approach it. It is. It is.
1: And that's that's why I think the training on virtual interviewing um, really will help the networking. You know, I think a lot of students, be, well, because everything switched online, and everything is virtual, I think a lot of students said, oh, okay, my job search can just be applying to jobs online. I can go to LinkedIn. I could go on Indeed. And people say, okay, I just spent four hours applying to... 100 jobs or 50 jobs or whatever, and but really forgetting the fact that the networking is so important, and because everybody's more or less at home still, people have time, people have availability, and they, they probably are happy to get on a to conversa- have a conversation with someone and talk about a career or talk about their company. Um, they may not want to get on another Zoom call, but they could very well do that on just a regular old phone call.
0: Right, right. Phil, what do you think uh, colleges and universities have learned over the year, um, past year, with just, like, you know, we we're talking about almost just everything now is going virtual and, and people are working remotely now.
5: We've had a, there's a lot of colleges and universities that just didn't want to go online. They've been pushed into the ocean now. Uh, and they're going to look, this has accelerated the movement toward virtual learning by five years. Now, there's a lot of bad online teaching out there. Um, but. Again, higher ed as a, as, a, as a whole has moved in this direction. Now, the Kelly School, again, we've been doing online for 20 years now. Uh, this moved, this the, the market moved toward our strength and we're seeing that in our enrollments. But back to higher education, uh, now all of a sudden with everybody being able to function in a, in a virtual environment, there's gonna be more competition, um, even at the undergrad level. I think this works well for students in the long run, that there's gonna be more competition There's going to be more choices. We also see employers now accepting credentials that are not degrees. And these are, there's sort of a new generation of badges and certificates out there that are not offered by universities. And we find, um, and a lot of these are delivered online uh, by private providers. Um, And not only are universities going to be now competing with more university competitors in their traditional local markets. But now we're also going to be competing with these substitutes for degrees that more and more big companies are accepting because they've been upset, because they've been dissatisfied with the delivery of work-steady skills or work-ready skills to universities. So on the flip side, I think the system is going to hold universities and colleges more accountable. Those that respond are going to be even more successful and those that are not might find themselves pushed out of the market, even if they've been a university or college for over a hundred years.
0: Yeah. What are those substitutes? Are those just like specialized degrees? I mean, who, who does that?
5: So for example, in, in Indianapolis, we have, uh, we have, we have two coding, it's these sort of boot camps and, um, the Kinsey Academy is one of them here in Indianapolis. A high school graduate can go in and you commit for two years. After after a year of training, they basically guarantee you a job that pays about $50,000 a year. And this is, again, coding skills. And they don't make you pay tuition until you get a job. And local employers in Indianapolis are happy to go and contract out these, these folks coming through the Kinsey Academy. They're taking the same positions that computer science grads are taking um, because they're delivering those skills in a much shorter fashion in terms of time. That's just one example. Also, we have uh, large national providers like Coursera, edx.com, Udacity, that are providing these open enrollment uh, skills-based courses that you can take in a month, and you, you, you list those on a, on a resume, and now you have industries, especially in the technology area, that are allowing those people to get interviews that used to be reserved for bachelor, those that have received a bachelor's degree. So we're seeing first adoption of sort of these alternative credentials in the technology area. But now I'm starting to see it blur into uh, some Fortune 500 companies that have just, are just desperate for for better talent that they they thought they, they used to take for granted came from the universities. Yeah, what, what do you
0: what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that just makes for good competition, or should higher institutions be concerned about that?
5: Well, higher 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 education should be very concerned because it means that we, from the market, from recruiters, from companies' perspective, we haven't been graduating the talent that we should have been graduating. If I'm a state university, I should be worried about that because the state government is now maybe going to hold me more, hold my institution more accountable. Mm-hmm. So yes, existing higher ed should be very concern because it is part, it substantiates the criticism that higher education is getting out there. The, the, the level of impatience is higher than it's ever been, especially when we're graduating talent that might be fi- having a hard time finding a job, and that is graduating with high levels of debt. Now, again, I want to point out that the Kelly School, I'm glad to say, our high enrollment rates um, high satisfaction rates of graduates, we've gotten ahead of this because we made the investments in career services. We made the investments in online teaching. And now we find ourselves uh, in a strong situation uh, in the midst of COVID. Um, but And, and the, these alternatives ultimately are good, are good for, for folks coming out of high school because these alternatives are making up for areas where perhaps we're blind spots for universities. So I think it's good all around for the system. It holds universities and colleges more accountable, and it provides more choices for those folks just starting to think about their career.
0: right. I think I'd also be concerned yeah. though if I was a student and I had a degree you know i I spent four years in college and spent all this money, and then you have you know this this other this other option that kids are coming through
5: with this i would I would be a little concerned well it, it I think it reinforces the lesson that we teach at the Kelly school that as a graduate of the Kelly school, you constantly have to be making yourself competitive. And so um, now we haven't seen these substitutions yet in the business area. Um, But, but yes, you should always be aware of who you're competing against. And I think at the end of the day, you graduate, if you've graduated from a good school with a good reputation, you're still going to have a leg up on perhaps graduate, quote, graduates with these new credentials. But in this economy, especially especially in a post-COVID world, everybody needs to be updating their skills and keeping themselves competitive.
0: Definitely. Kyle, what do you think about the hiring pool um, as far as the competition is going to be concerned compared, you know, from 2020 to to this year?
5: I think it's going to be
4: pretty intense. Um, You know, hopefully we kind of see that as the pandemic concerns start to ease, I mean, I, I hope there's a flood of hiring, but you know our our history coming out of recessions is that businesses tend to scale back very quickly. And then going forward, they try to drag their feet a little bit because they're trying to get more out of each worker, right? We said, hey, we, we cut our workforce by 10% and we're getting the work done. Let's see how slowly we can build that back up and, and build up the work without hiring more employees. and And that's just a way to be more profitable. So I, I think hiring could lag a little bit over the next year or so.
0: Now, I asked you earlier about the industries that were getting hit hard by the pandemic and are still getting hit hard. And you mentioned hospitality. Is there, what what's got, what do you predict? I mean, is that going to ever have a, a turnaround? And then also small business?
4: I mean, I, I, it will certainly have a turnaround, but the question is how long it takes that turnaround to get from where it is right now back to, say, where we were, you know, even just a year ago. I mean, it's tr- crazy to think that a year ago, none of these impacts had hit our economy. Um, and, and so I, I, I do think that hospitality will come back. I, in, you know, in some ways, I think people will travel a lot later this year and, and next winter. Like we've all kind of deferred vacations. It, it, it might be a big boost there. I think small business is a little bit tougher. A lot of them have just been hit financially in a way that, you know, I think people are going to think twice about going out and starting a new business because they see that the challenges that business owners face and that some of those challenges are just completely outside of their control. And, and that would be unfortunate for our economy because small businesses add so much.
0: And specifically, how will that impact our economy if those small businesses don't come back around?
4: I, it, it certainly will. It, it would lower the, the rate of growth that we have in the economy, um, the, the competition, the innovation that small businesses bring. It, it's going to be a setback. And, and you know, the, whether it's the the business community as a whole, whether it's the academic environment, we all need to think about ways that, that we can spur that on and make sure we get back to those kind of growth levels.
0: Rebecca, I did want to ask you just as far as what advice do you have um, and that are you're giving to your students that, that come through the center there? Looking ahead this year, maybe freshmen's even coming in, what do you say to them?
1: Um, I said this year's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, it, normally for the last several years, and I think Phil alluded this, to this earlier, but we usually would see a, a lot of hiring happening in the fall and then less in the spring. And what we've seen is that That cycle really spread out this year. Um, We had, obviously, companies come in the fall and everything, but I think we actually are seeing a bigger pickup this spring than we normally would have. So companies who either sat out the fall hiring are coming back or um, companies that may have been more conservative in the fall because we didn't have a vaccine coming or anything along those lines, they are now beginning to come back and hire more. So I th- what we're recommending is just is stay with it. Don't look at past years as a comparison because it's nowhere near the same anymore. Um, but also to take a look at what what you're looking at, you know, what type of area you're interested in, and think about maybe what are the, where are some other areas you could get those same skills. So I mentioned earlier maybe taking a step or a job or two, a step or two before maybe you get to that dream job. But now I'd say be open to a little bit more or recognize that there's certain areas that you might want to try. To get some of those same skills before you jump into that whatever that dream career is um, but it's, it's get keep getting advice keep networking definitely because again that continues to be extremely important
0: all right all, all very good advice well I want to thank all of our guests today it was a pleasure listening and, and speaking with all of you uh, great advice and and uh, I hope you all have a great day thank you so much Again, we had Kyle Anderson, yeah, Clinical Assistant Professor of Business Economics at the Kelly School of Business at IUPUI, As Rebecca Cook, also Executive Director of Undergraduate Career Services, Kelly School of Business at IU, and Phil Powell, Associate Dean of Academic Programs at the IU Kelly School of Business at IUPUI, also Clinical Associate Professor of Business Economics and Public Policy. You can join us tomorrow. It'll be a repeat of our, one of our past shows on a writer's workshop for incarcerated people. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at All In Indiana. I'm Taylor Bennett. Thanks for listening.